ACAST. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah. Well, we, 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 we can't go any further. Okay. Until we acknowledge that you were awarded the sexiest DJ. Oh, yeah. World sexiest DJ. World sexiest DJ. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I would never be like, ta-da. It's just not my vibe. But it's a fact. It somebody somebody claimed or somebody dubbed you that. It is a fact. That is a fact. <laughs> so congratulations. Or like I was never the one to go on a radio show or a TV show. I was like, hi, my name is Colleen and I am the world. I just always felt so kind of wouldn't that be embarrassing? It would be a little cringy, I think, to have to, yeah. But that's why you have us bringing it up instead right, of you. Right, exactly. We can call you that. Guys, like, I like to take like woman empowerment, like sexy photos. When, if I'm behind the DJ booth, I probably sound like a dude. Like the <laughs> type of music that I play, like the high energy and like how I feel about it. Like if I was to step on a basketball court, that's how serious I take it. So the real sexiest DJ thing to me was always, it was, like you said, cringy for <laughs> sure. Thank you. <laughs> I was always super embarrassed by that. Granted, like, I love to take fun photos, like beautiful, like, um, you know, feminine photos. Yeah. For Playboy or Maxim, FHM, all that stuff. But um, yeah, beyond that, it was like. I mean, I think, you know, I think when you're, when you're named Playboy's 50th anniversary playmate and you're a DJ, I mean, obviously you're sexy if you're the 50th anniversary playmate. Yeah. So it all goes together. Just a marketing tool. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome, fellow Lushes. Come on in, pull up a bar stool, and enjoy some cocktails with Dimples and the Beard. <laughs> We got her. Oh? Hi, hi, hi. <laughs> All right. Perfect. Sorry about that. Okay. Okay, we got we got volume on you. I think we're good to go now. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry for the difficulties. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Pressure. I was guys, hold on. I was <laughs> Oh, I told you I 
come there in person, but this will have to do. <laughs> that would have been awesome. This will do. We, 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 we got the Oyster Bay. Beautiful. Right. Cheers, gentlemen. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers to you. So we are joined by uh, Miss January 2004 and, and Playboy's 50th anniversary playmate. 50th anniversary. Colleen Shannon. How are you doing tonight? Well, now that we have Zoom all figured out, I'm doing well. I'm very happy here. Good. Awesome. Good. Thank you so much. Busy, busy woman, aren't you? I'm kind of busy. <laughs> I don't know. I decided to have a couple of kids and start like six different companies and write books. Well, let's hear about all of it, but let's start with the kids. How are your children and what ages we got now? A newborn, right? Yes, I, I, I brought a little prop here. Oh. I have two boys. I have a four-year-old and a five-year-old. And uh, their names are Phoenix and Falcon. Okay. Nice. And like my main motivation in life. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. I, I get it. There. We, we, we both have children. We get it. Absolutely. They bonkers, for sure. <laughs> but I love them. Yeah. Absolutely. They may they may drive a little of the wine drinking. I'm <laughs> just when they're drinking. Um, so what's the inspiration for their names? Those are neat names. So kind of interesting. Um Phoenix just being like the bird that rises from the ashes. And uh my fiance, he actually had a fiance that had um gotten in a car accident and she's you know, she died. Like okay. And he had a huge um, Phoenix tattoo right here. And I just, I wanted something powerful because like we had both waited until like chapter three of our lives to have children. And um, so it was Stephen Phoenix, Michael. And then the second one, um, I thought for sure it was a girl. <laughs> I just imagine everything pink and I was like you know there's obviously a chance it could be a boy so um I was driving up in Lake Tahoe and there's a called Eagle Rock and I thought what could be just as strong as Phoenix you know a boy and I just falcon and then I looked up the spiritual meaning of falcon and it was like that was it nice okay nice Lake Tahoe beautiful Wow, beautiful be, place. Yes. Definitely nice. want, I would love to go back and see it again. Never been there. Oh, it's breathtaking. It actually is breathtaking. So it's nice that it was an inspiration for your for the name. That's nice. Yeah. So um other companies, well, like what? What are we starting? What's new with you? Do we want to go? Do we want to do new or old right away? What do you feel like talking about right now? You know, I, th I think like my goal right now is just finishing the ideas and the, the businesses, you know, because so many of us, I feel like, um, you know, I, I had, I had things that I started seven years ago, but I never saw the finish line. Okay. And I, this is the time to like finish that, you know, to see what's next with life. So, um, when I had my first one, Stevie Phoenix, I was, I, you know, I was an international DJ for like 15 years and I would be there. I had one baby on my arm and then I up and I was just literally reaching out, like 
wanted to DJ so bad. And it's like, you have to understand, like, if the universe is not wanting that for you or what have you, like, it was just like, it wasn't happening. I was getting so frustrated. I started writing a book called DJ Boy. That's like, it's about a boy who teaches like the music fundamentals. Um, super cute, kind of, kind of after like a Dr. Seuss type of theme. Okay. Um, so there's DJ Boy. I just signed the publishing deal on that, which I'm super excited about. Just like I want to get things out of my brain <laughs> to the world. Okay. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, that's good to hear because I went looking for DJ Boy books, and so. I'm not going crazy. They're not out. They're not out yet. So nobody else has done it. So that's a good thing. <laughs> um, then I was a friend of mine called me maybe like two or three years ago and asked if I was interested in doing a sneak collaboration. And Saw I, that. yeah, that one actually is happening and is online. So it's a pink sneak sneaker snakeskin by soul Spang. and the vibe is like um the vibe is do what your soul tells you because i believe like we all have this like inner voice that gets so clouded with you know every day you know everything that we're going through but i'm just i i want to see people like follow through with like their missions like why we're here yeah absolutely i'm glad you uh i'm glad you mentioned the name of the company because i could not for the life of me figure out how to pronounce souls fangs so now i got that down <laughs> they are they're they're cool looking sneakers and it's a uh, i mean sneakers are obviously a big big deal right now you know a lot yeah. of people are into the, the fashion sneakers so yes yes now did you have input in how they were designed and color or texture or anything i went with i went with pink pretty much because i thought i was having a baby girl <laughs> I was thinking, oh, how cute we can do like mommy daughter like photo shoots and this and that. And um, and then when once we launched the pink, I noticed, you know, not everybody is a pink person. So then I started to do a white, which I love. The crispy white ones are super fresh. And then also in plain black, which are super fresh also. So um also I really want to tap into anything that I do like forward in my career I want to be able to do something um, that helps communities and stuff so I'm going to be reaching out to breast cancer foundations and any types of sales or anything that goes into any anything that has to do with breast cancer be able to give a portion of the proceeds to charity nice that's, oh, that's awesome. wonderful it's wonderful yeah. um I see your the, the the shoes are a little bit like the, the outside the texture it's got a a pattern throughout the whole sneaker. Where did that come from? So uh, when I was originally designing it, I thought I was thinking like I was thinking of purses, I was thinking of great shoes. And, and then all of a sudden, I was thinking of baby pythons. And yes. then I, then I kind of opened up my mind a little bit more and thinking, you know, there's, there's a great deal of people that are more like conscious about stuff like that. And so I changed it to a faux Python to not offend the masses. Yeah. Um, you know, but people, you know, people buy leather goods and, you know, and such. And if I do decide to do that down the future for me, I was just trying to 
get something that, you know, definitely people wouldn't be offended by. Yeah, sure. Right. Well, they, they definitely look neat and they're, yeah, they are. They are a different looking sneaker, which is sets you apart, which is nice. Yeah. 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 And I do love a, uh, I do love a nice clean white pair of sneakers. That's just a, the white ones are so fresh. Even I've met a few golfers and they're like, yeah, they really want to take them golfing and see how they look. Nice. And the soul is that's what the the actual owner, he he builds robots for uh, Tesla. Oh, wow. Like designs all this crazy stuff. And the sneakers are just like a passion project. So he's he was in on like, uh, designing the Yeezys, Jordans for Nikes, you know, et cetera, all this stuff. So this is just kind of like a, like a fun thing for him for oh, the cool. time. That's awesome. So you got, yeah, if he's designing those kind of shoes, you got to obviously got one of the best, best shoe designers out there. <laughs> exactly. Nice. Nice. Perfect. Um, how long that, um, how long ago did you get started with him? Was he, did so he I approach you or did you approach him? Um, it was a friend of mine back in Los Angeles and he is one of their main, like, um, one of their main USA like representatives. And he said, you know, this is going to be our first United States collab. So if you're interested in it, and, um, of course I was interested in it. So we just, we started working and, you know, we went back and forth with like nine prototypes, oh. a lot of, it takes a lot of. I believe that, but that process has got to be kind of neat to see, to see the progress and the different types and, and have a say in, Hey, this is, yeah. I want this. <laughs> the fun part that I'm going to be getting into within like the next year or two is just like the marketing. Cause I took like, I was, you know, I'm always a DJ by heart, but like I started noticing these shuffle dancers. Are you guys familiar with shuffle dancers? Not at all. Not unless you do, you mean line dancing, shuffling. I don't know. So no, probably, hopefully in six will be after I work on all this stuff. It's just like a really fresh way of dancing where it's like, I feel as an adult, like a grown up, like we get so weighted down. It's just kind of like these shuffle dancers, the way they dance is just like light on air. It's oh. just like the is like up here. So I went to LA, casted like uh, the LA shuffle squad, which was over like 16 dancers. And just, I don't know, something about the way they dance, just it, it brought something like to my heart that I was just like, I love this vibe. Like I love this energy. Okay. Well, That's I'm, cool. I just wrote it down. I'm gonna I'm gonna look them up just to see how they how it is. Yeah, you're gonna and maybe I'll start taking lessons. Dancing. You should. You should. <laughs> because I'm getting old and weighted down. I need to do something to light on my feet. Oh my gosh. <laughs> sure. Sure. But your guys' drink is because this must be a far stretch from cocktails. What uh, we well, we typically will tailor to the guests and yeah. just try and drink whatever. I mean, when we first started this thing, we were guestless. We were just just the two of us, and we would just try and find just as exotic a cocktail as we could, and then uh, find some stories that went with the name of the cocktail. But now we just kind of drink what the guest wants. So, 
but we're we're in we're in wisconsin so we love old fashions i mean if we have to pick a favorite cocktail i think i can speak for both of us and the old-fashioned is it yeah see i would love to probably come there like next year and have some old fashions with you guys heck yeah <laughs> doors always open anytime open yeah it's an invitation a, it's certainly hard for us to find live guests because we're not, not in any big metropolis area by any means so <laughs> right so best areas though sometimes yeah well, yeah we're in a good area of wisconsin but we love yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. We love it. Um, and we, we got to touch on your DJing because obviously it's a passion yeah. to you and you, you, you bring it up. Are you DJing currently? And um, what's some good stories about your DJ? You were all over the world. It seems right. like. So, okay. I started, gosh, I, I started like 15 years ago and I was in every country. I'm talking Africa, China, Paris, Alaska. I would go to every state in the United States, wow. like Norway, Sweden, Ireland. Um, and it's kind of like uh, I had I had a few people pass away in my family. So I don't want to get all emo, but <laughs> my mom and my brother. Hmm. And I and I heard someone say like six months ago, they say that you can lose your song. Okay. Like, Losing your song is like that, that song, like your song inside of you is like the most beautiful thing. And it just kind of like, oh, I just kind of stopped. So I, I started writing and I started producing and I wrote like some beautiful songs. And right now I have offers in Ecuador, in Mexico, in London, um, so that's it. Like I got my passport. I got to book my tickets. It's just, um, it's there again. Okay. It would feel like I was kind of mourning, you know what I mean? So when I play again, like I know there's been times when I've practiced, like literally I'll start like jumping up and down on benches. I can feel it like so heavy. So when I do play again, like I'm excited for that energy. That's awesome. I, I can only imagine. That's gotta that's gotta be neat to look out and have every yeah almost control of it, the whole right everybody in front of you. Yes. You control their vibe, they control you control their their movement. So I never thought of that. That's gotta be power. That's gotta be a great feeling. It's an exchange. It's it's so much like a when I first started, I started out in Hollywood and I would literally carry my music to a fondue bar. <laughs> in Wilcox where maybe 10 people came and if 15 people came that was a good night like I was high on life <laughs> and I manager and he's like you know what do you want to do I said well I act you know and I want to be a DJ and I want to be a playmate and um and I said but I don't want to play for a lot of people like I'm kind of shy <laughs> <laughs> he has me dj for the first one was swingers party for corman <laughs> oh. it was like that high affair and so i'm thinking okay as a dj you, you gotta think like you gotta set the vibe so i'm thinking like donna summers like sexy songs love to love you baby like all this like sexy sexy stuff and uh, <laughs> 
it definitely got sexy. Like, <laughs> I think I had to run home. <laughs> I was like, do you want to go upstairs? And you know, I, I saw things going on the couches and all this stuff. I was like, whoa, this was why. Wow. That's uh, yep. that's quite, interesting. Yeah, that's quite the DJing story. That's not what I expected. <laughs> why do they need a DJ? Like, <laughs> Yeah, and then I went to Miami right after that. And like, I walk in, Kid Rock is on like the main stage. Now I went to play like the room, and it was just like it went from 100 people to 500 people to 5,000 to 10,000, all in a matter of, I mean, a matter of less than five months. Wow, wow, and I was freaking out. I was like, definitely freaking out. Yeah, I mean, that's a quick rise to all of a sudden be in front of that many people. And I mean, that's crazy. I can't even imagine. And this started after the the, the Playboy. Right after, like the fondue bar before. Okay. <laughs> that was before. And then, uh, then, yeah, like the touring started and it's just like, it did not stop, I'm telling you, for like over 10 years. Jeez. Um, so how does yeah how does that happen? How do you say I want to plan a tour as a DJ? That's that's odd to me. So basically, I had a manager at the time. Pardon me, I'm drinking with you. You don't. Want- <laughs> Cheers. We can do we can do a little refill time here. We haven't done a refill time in quite a while. Absolutely. That's <laughs> we're, we're not. Oh, but we're I not going to cork the bottle. So there. <laughs> You're not corking the bottle. We're not. We're we're gonna finish it. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah. My manager. It started booking, and then I was I was doing TV shows on top of that. I met your mother. I got a show like over in the UK, and like did not stop. Were you allowed to DJ? Um. And and I'm asking this because of when you were the 50th anniversary playmate your life is consumed by appearances as a playmate correct for the next year or something so were you able to dj during that time or were you strictly playmating so i mean the way that my dj career kicked off was obviously like my pay was better as a teacher like i have great great respect for playboy but if I could make X amount of dollars being a DJ, you know, and go and, you know, be humbled and go like still DJ at the Playboy Mansion, you know, from time and stuff like that. But my manager at the time, he was really funny. Like he didn't want me to have a bunny costume. He, he kind of wanted me to have a different kind of, I don't know. I don't, I don't even know what you would call it. I didn't really get a chance to be like, a playmate and like sit there and sign autographs because I was so and when I met Hef literally Hef was like why do you want to be a playmate and I said I'm so serious about my career like I love Jenny McCarthy I love Pamela Anderson I love Marilyn Monroe I love women that leave a mark for the magazine that is like it's just like it's more you know I I think he understood that so okay. I think they were probably kind of ticked off at me. And then, you know, I don't know. 
one of those things. It seemed to work out. So how did, how did they discover you for Playmate? Because there was like over 10,000 women submitted for the, the, um, 50th, the 50th, 50th anniversary. Is that, it's a big deal. Oh, well, you know, I'm, I wanted to do Playboy for so long. Like guys, I would literally open up the magazine when I was 18 years old and I had it right next to my counter. I would try and emulate everything that they were. I would do my makeup, do my hair, like practice my poses. Like, and I tried, I tried about five times and I failed. Oh, wow. Okay. To be just a regular playmate. They, yeah, for regular playmates. Like I told my best friend, I'm like, oh my God, they're coming here. They're doing a scout. Like, let's go. And I'm all excited. I was wearing some crazy, like go-go boots and some white eyeshadow and just a little, just not really doing my thing correctly. And she, she got like the special editions. Then I tried to do like a DJ edition and um, that that at the time was paying like 5,000, which when I was like 20 something, that was like a really, really big deal. My friend Tommy literally kept all my promotional material and never gave it to Playboy. So there was, there was about three or four or five times that I wanted to do it and I just did not make it. Oh, okay. Okay. But yeah, did you, did, I mean, did you have to resubmit for the 50th or were, did they, pull from old submissions no so how did it happen so i met this doctor and uh he he was he really knew how to play the entertainment game like let's say what it's just like life like you want something so bad and if you can't really have it you want it a little bit more <laughs> so if he put me in the studio with I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Victoria Silvstedt. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So she's a, a six foot tall version of everything I would ever want to see in life. So he's like, okay, you have a shoot with Victoria today. We're going downtown. You're going to be shooting for Maxim, blah, 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 blah. And Playboy calls him there in the studio. And he basically is like, I'm sorry, she's not available. Like, no, she's going to be shooting for X amount of days and da, 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 da. And they were going like, is this guy crazy? Like, sure. <laughs> like, I, you know, it was, I think they kind of liked a little bit of like that game in the business. Yeah. And so finally he goes, you know, you're going to go to Playboy. Like, I don't want you to wear any makeup like be completely natural, no makeup. And I used to love my makeup. <laughs> and, and then he also asked me, you know, like, are you willing to sleep with Hugh Hefner? Oh. And I, I was doing, I was doing AT&T commercials, Nokia commercials, these music videos. I had like real agents. And I said, no, you know what? Like, I believe in like credibility. Mm -hmm. And I had already been able to like make a good living on being like decent and honest and, you know, they stick to my guns. And I know like Hef, Hef would write me letters. He'd say, well, sh will you come meet me like in the limo? And then we go to this club. I said, no, I'll meet you at the club. Will you come stay at the mansion? 
no, I will not stay at the mansion. <laughs> and have like, what the hell is this? Like, is this really happening? Yeah. And so for half, I'm guessing he's like, it's a game to your point. Yeah, right. And I can't have you, but I'm going to keep pursuing. So good for you. That's a really like, yeah, those memories are really like, they're fun. And I think they're like a life lesson for for people to learn in the future. Yeah. Sure. So do you have any crazy mansion stories? All right. <laughs> Well, how about we do another cheers and then we'll think about crazy pension sites. Cheers. Yeah, right. What are we drinking to? Crazy mansion stories? Crazy mansion stories. Absolutely. Yeah. What do you got? Involve oh. yourself or what you saw or eh. what, what um, do you feel like sharing? Well, I will tell you. I'm writing a memoir. And it nice. will be within a year. <laughs> there you go. So that's yeah. when we're going to read the stories. Yeah, you'll read about it. All right. All right. We will have to get you back when that book is close to coming out so we can get some a little exclusive and promote it. <laughs> but I'll, I'll probably have some more crazy stories for you guys as long as, as we go on. <laughs> Perfect. Nice. Perfect. Um, so in, in your DJ and touring days, did you have a favorite uh, country that you went to that you couldn't wait to get back to or a favorite club that you, the vibe was just amazing, but more than other clubs? Uh, definitely. Uh, San Tropez, the VIP room. And okay. the VIP also in, um, it's in Paris. Ooh. And cans also so that place like anytime i went to san tropez i never got on my outgoing flight <laughs> I, I always brought my best friend holly who is she's like i look like i'm high maintenance but i'm actually super low maintenance and holly which i know you guys would love she's looks absolutely low maintenance like she doesn't wear any makeup super beautiful brown hair but she is the most high maintenance chick and i'm taking her on tour with me like i took her on tour with me all the time so we would always miss our outgoing flight somehow some way to actually a week or two. <laughs> oh, that would well, be fantastic good stories right there yeah right right man <laughs> that would be fun um and yeah she would probably pour her glass of wine too about here <laughs> she wouldn't have started you guys it would be like right about that. all right i'm i'm falling in love already yeah exactly <laughs> i mean the, the the fuller you pour it the less you have to fill refill it right so that's just more work the other way well you ask her if she ever wants to uh chit chat with us we'll talk to her <laughs> maybe we can do that for the in-studio interview there you go perfect you you do bring her on tour so there you go i like it um so getting back into the dj awesome love it how at what point did you in your life or go i want to be a dj how, how does that become a passion how do you it was literally like um 
I was kind of, I kind of grew up like a little bit of a band geek, like nice. clarinet. I was in percussion, did the cymbals, the timpanies, um, the guitar. Like I was into everything, but I wasn't super great at anything, but I loved music like so, so much. So, um, I mean, I understood chords, notes, beats, like everything. And then one day I, touch my friend Seth's like turntables and it was like a shock just was like boom and then I was upset okay completely upset wow um then you just knew so how yeah it was like I remember god when I was in LA it was like Paul Oakenfold was one of the best like DJs at that time and it was like I would go hiking twice a day and I was just like, I just want to be the top female DJ in the world. Like I was obsessed with like, I practiced every day. It was like absolutely 110%, like a preset goal. And your, your, uh, your wealth of knowledge about music must just be incredible because I mean, bringing all of these, all of this music together has got, I mean, what do you draw from? How did, how do you get all of that musical knowledge? I mean, my dad was a saxophone player. My brother was a saxophone player. You know, I, I listened to a lot of the Grateful Dead, a lot of like the old school, like rock and roll, Eagles. Then um, my best friend, when I was like 19, pulled up to my house with bass and I was like, what the hell is bass? <laughs> and it was like <laughs> the electric world went on to where I started going to all these raves and just got really big into the rave scene and it was just like like an obsession and the thing is it's like music is like it's a language you know and it's like no matter who you are whatever type of day we're having for me like when I'm depressed I take my music away it's like Mm. really so it's just like the impact that music can have on people. It's like it, it can cheer you up and put you in the most wonderful mood. Like, it's like and it's just like, I don't know. It's just like, I don't know, my favorite thing ever. <laughs> so do you, do you incorporate the old 70s rock into, because obviously DJs have more hip hop and bounce and, and hard driving music. Do you? How, how do you decide what to incorporate to each other or mix? I'm, I'm new to the DJ game. So that's where I'm trying to. When I was, when I was traveling, like all these countries, I'm going to Turkey or I'm going to Lebanon or I'm going to Africa. And I was always in my mind was so messed up. So I'm like, what do they listen to there? Like I was thinking I had to change. Right. To, to be like what they wanted me to be but they wouldn't have hired me to be something else, you know? Yeah. But I would always, when my plane would land, I would normally find out like who knew what the music, I would take like their five, their countries, like five like favorite songs, but I would always bring my flavor into wherever I was playing. It's completely across the world. And it's, that's the thing is like music is so universal. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What's that? Sorry, we you cut out on that one. Oh, I said that's the beauty of it. It really is. Do you, um, so do you 
If I were to see your show five times in a row, would it be different each time? Pretty much. What I would do is I would. Uh, we lost your video. There we go. <laughs> my camera might be running a little though. Yeah. Um, what I would do is I make sure my first three to four songs are completely perfect, flawless, and always set. And then anything beyond that, what I learned is like the music is my language. I know the more songs I know the better I can speak to the people that I'm playing for that's yeah that's awesome so it's you 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 feel it I feel it and I feel so completely I never was like would never program a set would never know I just do it on the fly okay and that that was gonna be one of my questions is like have you ever kind of had to night set and then once you got into it like completely wrong for this crowd so I <laughs> take a you know a totally different turn i had nightmares about that but no not the life is uh is djing is music is it is it kind of just keeping the beats per minute where you want it and you can just kind of any song that'll fit into that beats per minute is kind of free game and then do you i mean do you bring it up and bring it down and yeah hell? definitely yeah it's it's the beat per minute and the mixing is you know matching the drum beats you know but then there can be key clashing also which you want to stay away from and you know that and then if you're good at that you can actually you can just drop stuff where it makes an impact where you know it just makes an impact so you know there's lots of different methods to it but I would say DJs probably judge more than just somebody out there having fun, right? But yeah, you're right. You're exactly right. Yeah. You, so if I want it, is there schools out there to be a DJ? Other there are. Did you go, did you go to school or do you just pick no, it up? Beginning, I, I believe in life, like whatever you're into, you should to school yourself. So even though I was a professional DJ, I would go to the LA Scratch Academy. And, and then I would go get private, like the instructors, but I always wanted to like learn and better myself, but there are definitely schools at LA Scratch Academy. I would highly recommend they also have it in Miami. Do you have some favorite DJs? Um, I, I love Tiesto. Okay. Really like Diplo's producing um let's see here right now i'm really into like a tropical house vibe because i feel like they're taking the songs that maybe you guys may i don't know if you share my same type of music but like they're taking some of like the older like 70s 80s 90s songs and they're putting like a beachy vibe to it which mm -hmm. i think is i i want to dj something like i on vacation to and like make some money in dj <laughs> <laughs> i i hear you we uh we're on our way to belize in january and we'll uh I, it'd be nice to have some beachy music <laughs> you know what i mean though I'll, I'll send you a mix for that but that's what i'm like it's like the stuff that you know the words but you're like that's relaxing yeah I wanna... oh perfect yeah well we we, we can't go any further okay until we acknowledge that you were awarded the sexiest dj oh yeah world sexiest DJ. world sexiest dj yeah i mean 
I'm, I would never be like, ta-da. It's just not my vibe. <laughs> but it's a fact. It, somebody, somebody claimed or somebody dubbed you that. It is a fact. That is a fact. <laughs> so congratulations. Or like, I was never the one to go on a radio show or a TV show. I was like, hi, my name is Colleen and I am the world. <laughs> I just always felt so kind of, wouldn't that be embarrassing? It would be a little cringy, I think, to have to, yeah. But that's why you have us bringing it up instead of right, you. Right, exactly. We can call you that. It's like, I like to take like woman empowerment, like sexy photos. When, if I'm behind the DJ booth, I probably sound like a dude. Like type of music that I play, like the high energy and like how I feel about it. Like if I was to step on a basketball court, that's how serious I take it. So the real sexy CJ thing to me was always, it was like you said, cringy for sure. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I was always super embarrassed by that. Granted, like, I love to take fun photos, like beautiful, like, um, you know, feminine photos. Yeah. For Playboy or Maxim, FHM, all that stuff. But um, yeah, beyond that, it was like. I mean, I think, you know, I think when you're, when you're named Playboy's 50th anniversary playmate and you're a DJ, I mean, obviously you're sexy if you're the 50th anniversary playmate. Yeah. So it all goes together. Just a marketing tool. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, you're extremely natural and very photogenic because even your all your Instagram photos, when I, you look through them, um, you're just naturally, you know, I don't want to say this. A lot of them are, say, look so natural, but yet also empower, powerfully sexy at the same time. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And it seems like it comes really natural. I love it. Like I love, I love like a goddess energy, goddess of like strength of like, you know, a strong woman that can like do what she wants to do and keeping like her feminine powers is like, to me, like that's beautiful. Right. That's, that's sexy. That Absolutely. Is, that's a sexy thing. <laughs> Should I just get rid of that whole world sexiest DJ thing? <laughs> <laughs> no, you 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 can you deserve keep, it. You can keep it so when you do things like this, we can say it. You don't have to say it, but we can say it. <laughs> and you deserve it. Are we filling up right now? <laughs> we're filling up. We just finished our bottle, but we're two to one. Yeah, weren't you right? Yeah, we got two of us. So shortly I I'll go, I'll go get our second bottle. And you've been you've uh we, you, you've been on the same stage as Snoop Dogg, huh? A couple times, yeah. That's got to be fantastic. I uh, I love that man. I'm not gonna even. <laughs> I love that man. Isn't it cool? Like he's been able to just be him throughout his whole entire life. Yeah, I mean, There's from where he started, who would have ever thought that Snoop would be what he is now? I mean, it's just incredible. I had, I definitely had the Dog Pound album when I was probably in like second grade. <laughs> and it looked like it was on a CD. It was like brick walls. Yep. Superman. Yep. yep. That's it. <laughs> like music and into it for so long. Yeah. That, uh, how, did, how did that come to be? What was the event that you were on stage with him for? Um, I think we did, we did a couple of Super Bowls together. 
Oh shit! Wow. Okay. Super Bowls. Um, you know, I've done shows with like Flow Rider, Snoop Dogg. Like, it was like all of my favorites. But yeah, definitely with Snoop, it was the Super Bowls. We did a couple of Super Bowls together. Oh, nice. Is there? Um, have you ever been starstruck with anybody? Any musician that you ran into or DJ? Because you're. Mm, I'm trying to think. Uh, I think there was somebody, but I haven't answered that question in quite some time. <laughs> we, we we have get that with, with guests and they'll be like, I meet them, don't care. But this person walked up and I just lost it or just shut down. So that's why we, it's uh, fun. Jenny Murphy, I kind of loved her when I was growing up. Yeah. And we were playing, a. it was called leather and laces it was like an after super bowl party like after one of those things and i had a bouncer cut me up to the front of the line because i had to dj this party it was in miami and jenny was like right in line with i think she was with like her gay makeup artist or something and she's like come in with us and i'm like there's no way i can pee in front of jenny mccarthy <laughs> Like, I'm sorry. I, I liked her when she was on, like, the MTV shows and all this stuff. And, like, I think it's really shy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I completely understand that. Yeah. So, it was, like, she was going to the bathroom and her makeup artist was, like, he was a guy. He was definitely gay, going in the sink. And I was, like, okay, you go. And I was, like, you guys are probably going to have to leave because I <laughs> This is not working for me, right? <laughs> Understandable. Yeah, yeah right, right. She, she seemed like uh, she was fun. She was fun when yeah. any of the shows she was on. She just was a, the old, she was a little different um, at the time, you know, sexy, sexy. And then she had a fun. She's got a great sense of humor. Great sense of humor. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Made fun of herself. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that's that was that was nice to see finally. Yeah. To be yourself. You know, that was the big thing. So what about you guys? <laughs> what about us guys? <laughs> um Starstruck? Yeah. Or the craziest story, like on the, your whole history of your podcast. Who's told you the craziest thing? And then I'll see if I can stop that. Oh, Ooh. well, we, um, we had the crazy story just, um, with Carrie, with Carrie Azel. Yeah. Telling us about, cause she was doing, uh, massages, mm -hmm. yoga, yoga. I'm sorry. Yoga. yoga. So she was doing yoga. Same thing. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> so she's telling us a story. It was amazing that she's like, she, a friend of a friend, she privately went to their house to teach yoga to them. She agreed to do it after, I don't know how many lessons of going six weeks or eight weeks or whatever. And then the, after her last episode, they said, Nope, you don't have to go back because he just got put in jail for murdering his housekeeper or something, housekeeper like or something. <laughs> and she's like, wait, what? I, I was in this man's house for six weeks or whatever it is teaching him yoga by ourselves yeah. and then he decides to murder her and it was like a brutal murder yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it was not a right so it, yeah and that, then she's like 
but it was funny the way she told the story. It was wow. It, then yeah, we we assumed the story was going to end with this guy like trying to pick her up. Right. But it exactly. ends with him. <laughs> but she did a great job telling it as uh <laughs> yeah, you know, like okay, I had to stop because he was putting the moves on me. Nope, murdered, <laughs> skinned somebody or something. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> as far as being starstruck on this thing, I think for me, we just had uh, Matt Noveski, who's the bass player for the band Blue October. We just had mm-hmm. him on, and uh, that one was that I, I fanboyed out more for that one than I have for any of them. So, oh, that's sweet. Yeah, that's- yeah, I, I love the band, and and I was just shocked that he was willing to even come on. So that one, that that one was a little. I was a little <laughs> giddy. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. That's funny. When I I did a um I did serious at the Playboy Station for one year. And I would interview every like rap star, celebrity, blah, 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 blah. And um it was so funny because like rap was coming in so quick. Like, do you guys remember YG? Like teaching how to Dougie that song? Oh yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But most of the time, I didn't even know who these guys were that were coming in. Yeah. So, and I was just kind of like, what's in that styrofoam cup? <laughs> like, give me that. <laughs> Purple like, drink. And just like, so cool and relax. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, rap, rap came in hot, like kind of like I compared to like the uh, 80s hair bands where every other day there was just something new that was the biggest thing and you couldn't keep up with rap it happened so fast it's crazy yeah as far as um um crazy stories then do you have any are you ready to tell one yet um well let's see or do you need more time to think no i'm just trying to think like i'm really hard on this book I don't know if you guys knew but did you guys know that I had gone to prison yes we I I read about it I wasn't going to bring it up we weren't going to bring it up we're going to talk about it so imagine this imagine like being in unicorn like manifestation land and you have you got your playboy career then you get your dj career then like I was dating somebody and he drank a lot and then I broke up with him and then the next guy he didn't drink but he happened to be a gangster yeah and so oh that's so great he drink got like a Lambo and a Ferrari like all these lavish stuff and uh wanted to come into the United States and he wanted me to drive his car across the border and I'm thinking well he's the one sneaking into the United States like, what am I doing? And basically, I got charged with a felony at prison. And it was literally like the person that I am, I don't think should have ever belonged there. Like, it was just those like super crazy, crazy things. So that's part of what I'm writing about it could be called the five minute mistake. Oh, yeah. Perfect. It's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing how quickly life can change. 
yeah, it changed. But you know what's cool is I became a yoga instructor in there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you probably gave yoga instructions to murderers yourself. <laughs> the thing that, that I was in with, though, they were, it was like federal. So yeah. these, all I think they were all money-making women you yeah. know what I mean like the killers and the crazy whatever it's, these ladies were all just probably trying to make extras hundreds of thousands of dollars and they weren't like the cold hard like criminals like killing people yeah good but, um hmm? how long were you in for in prison for four months so I did four months but then I had such depression that I ended up like a failing drug test going back in for three months. Oh no. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah. a rough time. I would imagine that's, that's gotta be hard. I think it's just, you know, it's like, it's like self-harm. You know what I mean? It's like when you're hurting so bad and you're wanting like things. And I, I told the judge, I'm like, I should have like a stack of papers like this. Like, I have always supported myself. Like, yeah. I have many jobs. Like, can I just work? And like, they wouldn't let me work. So that spiraled into depression. I think a lot of the misconception people have is like, oh, well, if you do drugs, you're a bad person. Well, it's like, actually, no, probably that person has something they're very sad about. And yeah. they're trying to numb themselves. And that's really what's happening. And like, pretty much what happened to me oh 100% yeah it it is a misconception yeah absolutely you're right um and I think as time goes on people will learn that yeah which I hope but well a life lesson and you, life got, ri and you got rid of them right immediately or did mm -hmm. you I did I did good for you good for yeah. you there's better people out there 100% crazy though life is crazy it is Choice can like really like you know put you in a different world and then what was the when you came out we were like you're restricted what was the first thing that you wanted to do play some music no my my buddies picked me up in like a gigantic limousine nice my like nice clothes and perfume and my brother brought like, I don't know, like 10 balloons and we like released them like above the prisons. Letting go of like bad people in our lives. So he was, sure. this one is this person and this one is that person and say goodbye to this one. And it was just like, you can be great, but you can also have negative influences and people that you tend to hold on to. And it was just kind of like, all right, like, let's let go of this and like start a whole new thing. So we did that. And then we went and had a nice like steak dinner and just, you really um, appreciate life when you get out of a situation like that. I, I can only imagine how, yeah, how, how much you must appreciate yeah, well, things I'm just, after that. You're telling me that story. And I'm like, that is so true. That is, a, I mean, that's a neat way to do it is release it's simple, simple. It's so simple. Balloons for each person or thought or idea or habit and, and release it. That, that hopefully I can use that someday. 
And uh, that, that's really wonderful. I like that. Thank you. We actually, after that, I connected with this artist that travels all around the world and we created 19 photos that are shown like in art galleries all over the world. And one of the photos shows me kind of like jumping off the ledge of the building that I lived at in Beverly Hills with a bouquet of balloons. And it's just like, sometimes life imitates art. Yeah. Um, like for me guys, literally, like I just wanna be an artist. Like 20 years from now, I hope that I create the art that is in my heart. Just for people just to know, like, um, you know, like the, the deeper sense of like things, like what happens, why we do what we do. And you know what? We're all actually the same, but a little bit different. Absolutely. Yeah. They say, so they're making all these mistakes and then you look right back at yourself and you're like, oh, you know what? I'm not that much different from that guy or that girl. Yeah, I think most of us uh, sitting here can honestly say like we're one lucky event away from, you know, having been in jail ourselves, you know, like I, I know that I've drove, you know, drove my car drunk numerous times, terrible, you know, where if I get caught for that, you know, so we're all just mm -hmm. one step away. I mean, we've all made the mistakes that could put us in the, you know, these situations. We just got so, away with it. Yeah. So, yeah. so exactly. what do you, so what do you do today to make you happy besides music with your children? What, what, Play, um, yeah, play with the kids, right? What, what, what's your what's the go to game now with the children? I love because <laughs> I have a grandson and I'm I'm trying to learn and I'm going to grab another bottle quick. <laughs> so hold that thought. Son, we wait. No, or should we finish up in a little bit? Oh yeah, we don't. Yeah, we don't have to get through the second bottle by any means. You, if whenever you're, you let us. Know, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We got all that. We're. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. We will too. So the game, like with my son, what I like to do is we like wishes. Like to what? I always wish for all my wishes to come true. Oh. <laughs> but we have like the crystal. Um, and then, you know, it's cute. Like Stevie the other day, he's he wished for me to have a unicorn. And and with kids, it's, it's always so fun. It's just like you really have to just let go of your adult sense of self and really try and get in their brain because that's way more fun than all of us trying to think of like taxes and this and lawyers and this and that. And that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the sweet, sweet innocence of a child is just yeah. oh, heck yeah. the greatest thing. It's so beautiful. Yeah. So I, I, have a, I have a young daughter myself, so I... Uh, yeah, I, I get it. I, I love just how innocent she is and how, you know, how the world is still all out there in front of her. And uh, right. yeah, it can be whatever she wants to be from here. What's that? You guys listen to country? Not much. No, we were just in Nashville, though. So a little more now because we had uh, Raylan Nelson on, who is Willie Nelson's granddaughter. And um we had her on the podcast and we're going to see her this weekend. Yeah. So that's country music that we are now getting into. Yeah. And I love, I don't, I'm not a country guy, but I love George Strait. I will listen to George Strait all day long. 
any day. I, I just, something about him hits me. Yeah. Yeah. And what's your favorite? Me? Favorite band for both of you. I'm, we're both giant Dave Matthews band people. We, uh, <laughs> we, we travel the country. We've, we've driven from Wisconsin to the state of Washington to see them. And yeah, you know, when I, I was a fish head, cause at first I was grateful. Okay. To, and then the fish came along. And when I bought my first ticket after um, Jerry wasn't around, I said, who the hell is Dave Matthews? <laughs> to me, it seemed like a first and last name. Yeah, right? It is. Yeah. It is. That's true. But yeah. uh, which song by Dave Matthews? I might have to listen to that later. My favorite song of all time is called The Stone. The That's, Stone. Yeah. But I, I do think there's always been that rift between the true deadheads and, yes. and, the, and the Dave Matthews fans. There's not a lot, like, I think the deadheads always have thought Dave was just too poppy and too commercial and too, you know, it's, it's, it's similar, but it's not quite the same. So. But they did carry on a lot of that fan base, right? Wouldn't you I, say? Fish did. Fish. Yeah. I think fish kind of, yeah. A lot of the deadheads went to fish. Yeah. In like a million years. Dave yeah. Matthews like touring probably a lot. Yeah. Every summer. Yeah. Every summer they, they put on a big tour. We're, uh, we got a couple trips. We'll be out in Colorado in September to see him. Oh, I love that. That's yeah. so cute. So you guys best friends? Yeah, we've been, yeah, we've been buddies for 25 plus years, years yeah. something like that. So that's the best. Yeah. That's where this podcast kind of came from in the, in the, in the beginning is <laughs> kind of some of the road trips we would take and some of the stories we would, we would tell. And uh, we always talked about how we should be recording some of them and then, when the pandemic hit, we finally started recording some of them. And then okay. it merged to, uh, let's talk to other people. Let's right. just meet other, okay. let's just meet other people is really what it came down to. Yeah, so. within, within 10 episodes, we learned we didn't have that many stories to tell. So we <laughs> needed to tell, talk to other people. Oh, yeah. So, okay. When I was in, when I was what, 10th grade, I told my mom, I found out that you could go to a Grateful Dead concert and you didn't even have to go in the concert and you could find a bunch of LSD and a bunch of anything else you wanted. And my friends came to school wearing these, you know, the schools with like the roses and like the t-shirts were like badass. And I'm like, okay, I got to go to this parking lot. Like this seems like the business. Yeah. So a couple months later, we get tickets to, I think it was the Rose Bowl in California and my mom goes well you can't go unless you bring your brother is and your I'm brother like, younger than you well god rest his soul he's he's passed away now but he partied a hundred times harder <laughs> than I ever would have and he was our chaperone <laughs> so at the time <laughs> I love him so much at the time he had a, a glass, what was it? Like a glass repair shop. He takes some hoopty from his shop, like some customer's car, right? So there's six of us, we get in this car and we drive down, uh, you know, down past San Francisco, whatever. My brother dropped like 10 hits right away. <laughs> and I'm like, damn, this is my chaperone. <laughs> like, 
fucking crazy. What is my mom thinking? You know, we like, we have fun, whatever. We end up in a place called Petaluma, which is very far that way when we were supposed to be going. We had like glow sticks and we were like biting them in the car and like, like shaking them all over. So it was like stars everywhere. And it was probably the best bonding moment I had with my brother, but as far as I'm grown, uh -oh. <laughs> sorry, batteries were so yeah, it was it was just hilarious because my mom thought he was gonna keep us under control and he was actually the craziest one of all of us. So he had her fooled, right? Um, what I yeah, something like that. Uh, there's something about the so he wasn't older brother older brother yeah and there's something about the oldest that my bro older brother my mom trusted too and but you're like crazy i'm like way more responsible <laughs> right are you uh are you gonna lose your camera is your camera battery dying i think i i think we might need to wind it down okay yeah so i was gonna say i want to make sure we uh we at least touch I on on gate folds and your your project with are your part of gatefolds because if we don't victoria will be mad at us we've had victoria on twice and we love her so yes. let's talk a little bit about gatefolds now i believe we're calling it the rogue bunnies yeah yeah yep. rogue bunnies okay bunnies gatefolds you know like we're all business women i think the people that she chose and victoria herself as you know a hardcore like businesswoman and it's like playboy monopolized so much on our looks that the nft world is you know it's a world to be explored and it's happening right now right this very second we are finally launching the nft of gatefolds rope but which is some of your favorite playmates we're doing the top 100 playmates i believe i'm like going to be the metaverse dj and i'm just so honored to be a part of the project so it's on our Twitter. It's on Rogue Bunny. You know, you guys have been to it. It's it's a whole community. So there's a lot of Playboy collectors out there. Yeah. You guys that come join, like hear the stories and some of the stuff will blow your mind. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like it's a lot of fun. And they are they're beautiful and they are live. I know every every day or right now is a, a new one's coming up for for auction or whatever. Ugh. Yeah. Um, right. First one just went on today. So yeah, I want to give a big shout out to Victoria Fuller, who's she's hands down like one of the best Playboy artists that Playboy has ever had. And for me, it's it's an empire. And I wish that have children could have kept it going like longer and longer. But hopefully, us girls with the NFT world and the community can keep like the collectors and the fans together yeah absolutely it's a wonderful project and and, it is. Uh, and the sisterhood you you yeah. all you ladies have is is wonderful to watch that we've been exposed to and appreciate being part of yeah victoria is a badass we 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 love victoria and we've like i said we've had her on twice and she's taught me more about that world than anybody ever. else that i've ever tried to you know has ever tried to explain anything to me so she's uh she's amazing so it's it's cool to be part of that Oh, well, thank you guys so much for the interview. Yeah, you bet. It's been a pleasure. Let's give you the quick uh, last minute or to 
promote all of what we just talked about, all of your stuff, all your websites, have your all your Instagram pages. We'll be quiet and let you just floor is yours. Throw it out there. <laughs> and we'll obviously put it in the uh below. So uh first um publishing book is called DJ Boy. It's an illustration book. It's very Dr. Seuss like it can be a Christmas present, like it's about a, a wonderful boy who brings children of all races, all ethnicities, all religions together. And it's like, where do we hear our songs from? We hear them from heaven, like the melody just like comes down. So DJ Boy practices from sun up to sun down. And it's it's a fun way to um, to learn music and meet DJ Boy which will hopefully be followed up with DJ Girl. Then on, um, on another tip, we've got the DJ Colleen Shannon Pink Snake Sneakers, which is by Soul Sphinx. And the tagline I came up with was follow your soul, do what your soul tells you. Because we all have these messages, like you wake up in the morning, you know what to do, like what your soul wants you to do. And a lot of us are going in all these directions. Like we're here for a short time. So let's like, let's listen. Like, let's listen here. So that's a main, main like passion project of mine. And then of course, once I get my passports and tour things going, that will be coming through. I've got a song coming out with Baby Goth who I don't know if you've ever heard of her. Baby Goth did a song with Wiz Khalifa, and she is a badass, hot, like brand new rapper, like right off the. She's just badass. Cool. So, um, other than that, maybe I'll see you in Mexico. Maybe I'll see you in London. Maybe I'll, and you know, who knows? Like, I just I love what I do. I hope to continue what I do, and uh, and then the memoir, which is. It touches a little bit more on the dark side. Like, yes, I would love it to be super positive, but that's not what life is. Yeah, right. I think out of the dark and like finding your lightness. So the memoir, I'm not quite sure what it's going to be called. And it might possibly be a TV show. Oh, awesome. Oh, let's hope for that. That'd be great. Awesome. I'll see. Um... Other than that, I just hope everybody stays in great health. And I really thank you for having me as a guest. And thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank it you. was 100% our pleasure. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. And when you are in Wisconsin, we will have you in studio for sure. Awesome. Love to have it. And we will we will get bring you the best old fashioned ever. <laughs> there you go. Cheers. Cheers. Thank Cheers you. Here's to all your wishes. You too. Thank you. God bless you guys. Thank you, Colleen. Thank you for listening. The tavern is closed for now, but we'd love to have you back for more fun next time. Seriously, though, get your asses out of here.
Are you passionate about saving the planet for future generations? Do you want to learn how to do it? If yes, then you need to tune in to the Nature Back podcast. It's a talk show covering the changing world around us. From renewable energy, sustainable agriculture, circular economy, to ESG and social innovation. Don't miss this opportunity to discover how you can join the movement and make a difference. Subscribe to the Nature Back podcast today on your favorite platform and get ready to be amazed. Miles, are you ready to record our promo for season two of the Wanna Bet podcast? David, have you ever seen a grown man naked? Miles, we're not here to quote lines from Airplane. We're here to tell people that season two starts August 18th. But I like Airplane. I know you do, but Wanna Bet is a sports betting podcast. Each week we bet $1,000 on the NFL teams and games that we love. Well, that sounds like fun. It is fun. And last year you picked over 60% of your games correctly. How'd you do? We're not talking about that. We are telling people that they can find us every Friday. So no more movie quotes. Roger, Roger. Electric acid.